Well, it's absolutely my privilege to introduce to you our speaker for this session. Bishop Bob McLaughlin is the founder and senior pastor of the Potter's House International Ministries. He's also the CEO of Kingdom Plaza Mall, and he's an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, and that God used, mightily uses this man. He is skillful and he's practical in his exegesis of the word. And that's why I like to have him minister to us. He's not pie in the sky. He's definitely taking the word of God and helping you and I live practically. So today, it's my honor to welcome my friend and a friend of Zimbabwe, and a friend of Celebration Ministries, Bishop Von McLaughlin. Hello, Zimbabwe, I'm back. Yes, I'm back, and I'm glad to be with you during this service time. I promise you, I'm here to encourage you. If, if, if this doesn't encourage you, blame Milton and Taz, because I asked them, I said, what do we need in Zimbabwe today? And they said, encouragement. So I want to encourage you. I want to exhort you, again, to my dear friends, the Duchelles. I love y'all. To my Zimbabwe celebration family, I love y'all. To extended family around the world, I love y'all. I just love everybody. And I'm thankful to God. Coming to you from Jacksonville, Florida. That's right. And I want to share with you in this conference. It's been a blessing. It's been a blessing to me that I've been asked to be a part. So I want to do my part. And then I want God to be glorified. Let me get right to the text. Mark 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, that's a very common story, but there's a man that's blind and begging. And I'm going to take from that topic, it's not supposed to be like this. And our main topic, the best is yet to come. Father, bless this word now. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm wondering, are there people listening to me? And I know you're out there. And you've made up your minds that God can bless you and do what you're believing God to do for you in spite of the current circumstances that we're facing right now. In other words, is there anybody here that knows how to expect a manifestation from a mess? You know, we get messages from messes, but can you expect a manifestation from a mess? Let's call roll. We can recall times. Let's see if you're out there. Have you ever seen people going into a major surgery and as they're being wheeled into surgery, they give you a thumbs up. It's going to be all right. God's got me. And it encourages you. Have you ever seen people who had to go through chemo, who had cancer riddling their bodies? Doctors gave up on them. And they're still alive. Have you ever seen anybody on a walker one day and then walking the next day? You seen anybody bedridden and, and broke? but still believe in God, encouraging you, and they'll say to you, better days are coming. Is there anybody on the sound of my voice who has had your life disrupted as of late? Wait a minute, that's rhetorical because we all have. 
Trust me. Things have changed, not for the better, but for the worse. And some of you have been going through long before this pandemic ever hit. Now, I know many of you have read the Bible and you've said based on what you read in the Bible, and this is where my topic comes from, it just ain't supposed to be like this. This can't be the abundant life that God was talking about when he said Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. So my assignment today is to let you know that you're right about it, but also to let you know that help is on the way. Today's message is unashamedly a faith message. I am under persuasion that our faith moves God. Some people don't believe that faith really makes a difference. They just accept things the way they are, the way they just come. Uh, they border on what's called fatalism. Let me define that. It's a theological term. Fatalism is a doctrine that events are fixed in advance so that human beings are powerless to change them. Que sera, sera in Espanol. That there's nothing that we can do to change those things that are fixed in advance. They're just going to happen. They take sovereignty, as it were, to another level, and they never consider that a person's faith can move God. A person's faith can touch the heart of God. Will the Son of Man come, the text says, will he find faith, persevering faith on the earth? As believers, we also know not only does faith move God, but prayer moves God. Prayer changes things. Even God's compassion on the hurting can turn a tragedy into a party. You know, if you don't have enough faith, and even if you haven't prayed out loud, ask the widow of Nain. She was heading to the graveyard with her son. Jesus saw her, had compassion, stopped the funeral, and raised the boy from the dead and gave him back to his mother. He showed up to Mary and Martha's house where Lazarus abided, a place he liked to turn into every now and then, and his friend Lazarus was dead, and they were weeping, and the people were doubting. They were confused, and he called Lazarus back to life again. Compassionate miracles, just because you're hurting, just because you need one. Remember, in order to get a miracle, all you need is a miracle situation. And that's what we have right now, a miracle situation. Nothing we can do about an invisible enemy. Nothing we can do about the times in which we live in the natural. So God is going to have to divinely intervene. There's a story in Luke where a widow is in a city and her rights were violated and she needed the help from a judge. The Bible said that the judge did not care for her or God. But because she just wouldn't accept things the way they were, things changed for her. Luke 18, 5. But because this widow won't quit badgering me, the judge says, I better do something and see that she gets justice. Otherwise, I'm going to end up beaten black and blue by her pounding. Verse 7. So what makes you think God? won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to care, cry out for help. Won't he stick up for them? I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on the earth when he returns? You see what we need? Persistent faith. Faith to believe that if we will be importunists, if we will continue to ask, seek, and knock, 
God will eventually answer. Persistent faith and persistent petitioning moves the hand of God. Things are not, y'all, inevitable. God has the power to change things, to intervene on our behalf. We used to sing a song in our church, and some of you have heard it, and you probably heard it in my title. In Africa, I know you've heard it in Europe and around the world. The song is called, The Best is Yet to Come. The lyrics go something like this, hold on my brother, don't give up. Hold on my sister, just look up. There is a master plan in store for you. If you just make it through, God's going to really blow your mind. He's going to make it worth your time for all of the trouble you've been through. The blessings doubled just for you. The best is yet to come. You got it? Look it up, Donna Lawrence. You've got to ask the question, is this God's best for me? Think about where we are. Think about what we're going through. The best is yet to come. This can't be God's best for me. His best has got to be better than this. Now, I'm not complaining. I believe God has equipped me for these times. He's equipped us for these times, or he would not let it happen during our time. We got what it takes. But is this the best? And I'm encouraging you, do not just accept the conditions that you're in right now with no eye towards things getting better. I'm trying to lift up your spirit and saying, okay, okay, I'm not going to complain, but I'm not going to accept this as my final answer, my final condition. Don't just wait it out even if you need to get up and work it out. You need to work it out. There's something that you need to do. Don't just seek shelter. What you need to do is you need to seek change. I'm telling you, God will move for you. Abraham is our example. Our father of faith shows us how faith works to get God to move. The principle of faith is summed up like this. Number one, God taking you out of nothing. Number two, God taking you to where you've never been. And number three, then God giving you what you've never had. This is how faith works. God will take you out of nothing, take you where you've never been, and give you what you never had. That's our example, right? If we didn't be Christ, you know, we Abraham's seed. You got it? Abraham was raised in a pagan household around pagan people, and God called him out to something better. Genesis 12:1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and I'll make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Abraham no different than us. He's minding his own business. He's in a bad situation in a household of pagans, and God shows up and declares, I've got something better for you. But what you got to do is get up. Now, remember, our relationship with Abraham is through Christ, Galatians 3.29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If you belong to Jesus, you are the seed of Abraham. So what if God just showed up to you and says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to take you where you've never been, and I'm going to give you what you've never had. Even in the midst 
of this pandemic. Remember Jabez? God changed his situation, right? Why? Jabez finally got up and said, Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. And then he asked God to rebuke the devourer. He just, enough is enough. His name means sorrow bringer. And all his life, he had caused pain to others. Whatever his situation was, he wasn't content with it anymore. So he asked God to bless him indeed. Ask God to move on your behalf. Ask God to open your eyes. Ask God to release the riches of heaven. Ask God to increase you and enlarge your territory. It doesn't matter about circumstances. God ex nihilos. He calls something out of nothing, but God who calleth those things that be not as though they were. God has the power to do that in your life. That's how it worked for Abraham. God simply said, I'm going to bless you. Verse 1, Genesis 12, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. But here's key, here's key. Abraham had to get up, watch this, from around some people in order to receive what God had for him. Abraham had to get away from some faithless and fearful family and friends in order to receive what God had from him. Now, I know people who need to know that God will bless them. You're out there. If you would just simply stop listening to and depending upon other people's commentaries, whether it be newscasts, whether it be bogus government declarations or just family or friends or faithless people that you have to engage on your job. We got to stop listening. We've got to know what voice that God has connected us to. I'm all the way in Jacksonville, Florida, and I'm speaking to you to hear the voice of God. I'm speaking to you to believe God, to walk by faith and not by sight. The things that are seen are temporary. The things that are not seen are eternal. The just shall live by his faith. I'm telling you, circumstances and conditions are subject to change. Stop listening to negativity and despairing commentary and listen, yea, even to your man of God. This conference is that God's voice can break through the voices. There are many voices out here. None of them are insignificant. They all mean something to somebody. But God's voice is clarion. Amos says in Amos 3, 7, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. I'm telling you, God has revealed his plan. And the plan is the best is yet to come because it ain't supposed to be like this. There was somewhere that God was leading Abraham in order to bless Abraham. But Abraham was going to have to go through some trials and some things in order to get some things. And I believe that there's something God wants to do for some of us. He's just got to get us to cut loose some things and some people and stop some voices from entering into our spirit. 
Abraham had to let go of his idols and his false religious practices. And there are people that have made idols out of stuff and things, idols even out of their own faith, thinking that it's going to be their faith that's going to get them out of this situation. No, Jesus said, have faith in God. It's going to be your faith in God who's our deliverer, our fortress, our refuge, our friend, our rock. It's going to be God that you're going to have to have faith in to get out of this one. Religious practices ain't going to be able to help you with this one. Now, we can't even do some of those practices that we used to do. Your labor in ushering and singing and doing those things. No, no, no. It's God's grace by faith that helps you, that delivers you. And that's what we need to be hoping in. We also can't allow this crisis to cancel our vision, to make us blind. We can't let our current condition steal our sight. Everybody has to have a vision for your life. Oh, if you don't have a vision, you will perish. Everything in life is moving towards your destiny. And without a vision, there's no need to get up in the morning. Where are you going? You don't have a vision for life. Without a vision, your marriage will, will, will crumble. Why stay in it even if you don't have a vision for marriage? Without a vision, your kids will become a statistic. You got to have a vision and speak life over your children. Without a vision, your health and your personal prosperity will die if you don't have a vision for being healthy and being prosperous. You'll be sick and broke for the rest of your life. You got to have a vision. You got to be able to say, God, I see this is not the best for me. I need to get up from here. Most of us have been going through now for quite a while since this coronavirus thing has come upon us. Everybody is in an expected mode, either expecting things to get better or expecting things to get worse. I believe that things are going to get better. I believe the best is yet to come. That's my expectancy. Don't get me wrong. It might get worse before it gets better, but I still believe that the best is yet to come. I'm still believing God for my expected end. I'm still believing God, my future, and my hope. Right now, every real pastor that I know also feels the responsibility of being a shepherd. We're all looking for still waters to lead the sheep by. Every true shepherd is looking for green pastures for the sheep to lie down in. Every true pastor is trying to prepare a table so that the flock can dine, even in the very presence of the enemy or even in the very presence of this current calamity. It stands the reason that these bad times have got to, got to lead to good times. Got to. Why? Trouble don't last always. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. That's why it says we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day for our present troubles, here they are, are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Oh, a more exceeding weight of glory. This trouble is just for a little while. Glory to God. But after that, you suffered for a little while. The God of all comfort will strengthen you, settle you, and establish you forever. How many of y'all can remember when things were bad at some time or another, really bad in your own personal life? Let's make it personal. But think about it. Some of you have survived childhood diseases. Some of you have had close calls with death. Some of you have escaped killer STDs, battled drugs and won, avoided HIV, 
cholera in your country, starvation, and even civil war. We've already been through some stuff. You've already overcome some things. You already didn't think you were going to make it. And look at God. Heck, before you came to Christ, you were going to hell in a handbasket. And God saved you. You got saved. Listen, living without Christ in this world is worse than living with a pandemic. I would rather live with a pandemic with Christ than to be in a uh, no pandemic and not have Christ. You got to understand that. So God, with his great love, with he loved us, saved you. That ought to be enough to let you know that if God can save you, he can keep you. That if God can capture you and rescue you from hell, he can keep you from hell on earth. So here's a true biblical principle that you can bank on because it's proven to be true. And you know it. Where God guides, God provides. See, God is leading you somewhere. And where you're headed you need to know that he's already there. Where we're going, he's waiting on us. It doesn't matter how bad things get in our lives. I believe it's all a setup. I believe this with all my heart. Mark 10 says, and they came to Jericho, right? We all know that Jesus was, when he was here, led by God the Father. And being led by God the Father, there were always his disciples following him and lots of people because the Father was with him. When there are disciples and a lot of people, there are also lots of needs. So Jesus met the felt needs of those who followed him and even his disciples. But if God is guiding, then there's also multiple provision for everybody, whether you're in the crowd or not. Because wherever the Lord is, there's liberty. Like today, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So Jesus, always in the crowd, always people around him, even when he spent time with God, it was for other people, always with people on his mind. When the anointing is really even on your life, you'll be attracted to people and caring and loving people. That's what I like about Pastor Tom. He's anointed to care for people. So the Bible says that there was a blind man who wasn't in the crowd. A blind man by the name of Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. And where he was, was on the roadside begging. Verse 46 and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Get the picture. Here's a picture of what not having vision will lead you to. He's on the roadside begging. It may be a little rough even right now for you, but you are not on the Jericho road blind and begging. So thank God for that. When you have no vision, though, you're easily controlled and manipulated by the efforts of other people that then determine where you go, what you do, and how you live your life. In other words, he's blind, but he doesn't have to beg, but there are those around him that have relegated him to begging. And I'm sure somebody suggested to him that because of his inherent limitation, He'll always have to be. He'll always be in a, needing assistance from somebody else. He'll always be inferior to others. They're out there now. These voices are existing. They're talking to you right now. You'll always be broke. 
You'll always be a beggar. You'll always be unemployed. You'll always be codependent. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never be happy. You'll never be healed. This thing will never end. It'll never be over. Some folk have convinced themselves that their lack is still like a family curse. There's no need to try. Your uncle was this way. Your mother was this way. Your grandmother was this way. Your grandfather was this way. It's in your blood. But the blood, the blood of Jesus, man, the blood of Jesus regenerates us, gives us new genes, starts a new family line. Glory to God. Breaks the curse. Cursed is he that hang on a tree. The curse was broken when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. So here's a man who does not do anything each day but sit by the roadside begging. He knows that it's not supposed to be like this. He can hear the children. He hears the people walking. He hears them playing and having conversation, and he's blind. Remember, the boy that was born blind all his life, a powerful question was asked and answered. John 9, 2. And his disciples asked him, Jesus, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be manifest or revealed in him. You see that? I believe that this whole thing that we're going through right now is a setup that the works of God may be revealed, that God has an opportunity to manifest. The Bible said that the earth is in travail for the manifestation of the sons of God, for us to manifest. It's where my faith is right now. I'm sorry, y'all. This is where I am right now. This is an opportunity right now. This is a setup. Didn't I say that where God guides, he provides? So if blind and begging is a setup, then what about your situation? What about if Jesus is passing by? It's a setup. In order for things to have to get better, y'all, they needed to be bad. They don't need to be the best. That's why we can expect better and more and the best. I guess I'm saying that whatever your state of mind is, whatever your financial condition is, whatever your fear level is, you don't have to stay there. You can get up. You can leave some folk like Abraham, get out of a certain place, have a new mindset, and position yourself for the best that is yet to come. You may be doing what you're doing, living where you're living, and working where you're working right now, but that don't mean you've got to always do that. See yourself in the future and see yourself healed. See yourself blessed. See yourself promoted. See yourself secure. See yourself. Bartimaeus heard something. And I hope you hear me today. Verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Look at what he did. He heard that Jesus was passing by. He heard that Jesus was passing by. So he thought to himself, as bad as my situation is, as long as I've been blind and laying here begging, I believe that if I call him, He'll help me. I believe that if I will take my <laughs> eyes off of my situation and put them on Jesus in the spirit, that he will help me. As ridiculed and as ostracized as the name of Jesus has become even in today's world, it's still the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's still power, power, working the working power in the name of Jesus. And I'm one of those folk who still believe that if you call upon the name of the Lord, 
you shall be saved. That things will change in your life. As he cried out to Jesus, the folk who sat by him uh, on the road, even the folk that placed him there, even the people that were following Jesus, they told him, hold your peace. The man has a need. He's crying out to Jesus. He needs help. And the people say, hold your peace. Shut up, man. You're blind. Hush, man. Leave Jesus alone. Accept your fate. It's inevitable. Be blind forever. Isn't that a shame? There's some people as you're trying to get to God, they're telling you you can't. They're telling you he won't hear you. They're telling you that your situation will never change. You know, I'm prophesying into Zimbabwe. I'm prophesying into Harare in particular. And I'm prophesying to people. And your condition has been the way it has been all your life. It's like some of y'all, you've been born lame all your life. You've been born into a bad family, a bad situation. You've been born into spiritualism and idolatry. You've been born into those things. But God says you don't have to stay in those things. If you hear the voice of Jesus, if you hear that he's passing by if you believe I represent him today call him you can call on him and he will hear you don't let anybody stop you in that house don't let anybody stop you that's near you now that's listening with you via your device your cell phone your iPad your computer now shut them out and come to Jesus just as you are weary worn and sad and what you're finding him is a resting place he will make you glad even Bartimaeus had some people who were trying to keep him from God and keep him from what God had in store for him. But the more they told him to be quiet, the louder he got, the more he wanted it. I don't care the tougher things get, the more you ought to want it. He, everybody had told him that it wasn't going to change. Has anybody ever questioned your faith and told you that whatever you believe in God for, it ain't going to happen, it ain't going to change? Anybody told you lately that we just going to have to wait this one out, that we shouldn't expect a miracle, that things are not going to get any better? I feel like Bartimaeus right now. The more people are telling me the statistics, telling me how bad things are, how many people have died, who's in the hospital, where I can and cannot go, I'm crying out to God the more. Bartimaeus cries to Jesus, arrested the steps of the master, and Jesus gave him audience. Jesus is going to heal the blind man, but I believe he wanted to do it not just for Bartimaeus, but for the people that were around him, around him, surrounding him. He wanted to bless Bartimaeus for the folk who were saying that he couldn't do it. Good God Almighty. He's going to do it even for some of us in the midst of this pandemic. Expect God to do for you what nobody says he will. Expect God to do for you what you really need him to do at this moment. Matter of fact, God used the same folk who tried to hinder him to help him. Verse 49, so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise. He's calling you. I don't think it was that exciting. I just really believe that they probably said, all right, get up, rise. He's calling you. He had never called them. They were just following him in the crowd. This is exciting to me because verse 50 says he threw aside his garment. He rose and he came to Jesus. What was his garment? His security. Of course, being blind, it had been given to him, of course, by someone else. 
And so he cast off of him what someone else had put on him to secure him. And he jumped up and he went to Jesus. Throw off the things you've been trusting in that somebody else gave you that's just temporary help and relief and come to Jesus, right? Just like some of us who've been sitting by the roadside of life begging uh, other people for help. I believe what we need to do is ask the Lord for help. We need a vision in this dark situation. You see it all over Zim. People on the roadside begging. People are looking for help. What they need is Jesus. What they need to do is ask God, the God of heaven, for a vision for their family, a vision for a career, a vision for education, a vision for finances. And you need to do the same right now. Don't lose your vision. Get your sight back. Bartimaeus realized it's not supposed to be like this. And right now, so many are struggling in so many areas, and our minds are playing tricks on us. Glory to God. And it's not supposed to be that way. So much uncertainty about the future of jobs and finances, and it's not supposed to be like this. We can't gather like the Word says we should gather in our corporate worship, and it's not supposed to be like this. We wear masks, and it's not supposed to be like this. We can't shake hands and hug one another it's not supposed to be like this our friends come over and we're guarded and we stay away from them it's not supposed to be like this it's not this is why I know of a certainty that the best is yet to come because it's not supposed to be like this but in order to get the best you've got to give your best hold on your best effort to get up from around people like Abraham and Barnabas did. Stop listening to what folk are saying and the negative news and the fake news. Stop listening to this stuff. You've got to believe that your best days are ahead of you. You've got to hear the word of the mouth of the prophet. You've got to believe that your best days are ahead of you. That the glory of the latter house shall be more glorious than the former house. That God is going to send time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. That God is going to pour out his spirit. It's going to take your best for his best. You got to give God right now your best praise. Give God right now your best shout. Give God right now your best seed even. Giving at this time. In the year of famine he sold and received a hundredfold. You got to give God your best effort. Don't just sit there till you die. We cannot settle and accept things the way they are. I refuse to accept the conditions of our times. I refuse to think that this is where it all ends. Our faith moves God. We need faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Your situation touches the heart of God. So have faith in God and pray to God and watch God move on your behalf. It's not supposed to be like this. So I'm expecting better days are coming soon. It's not supposed to be like this. Like Donald Lawrence said in his song, the best is yet to come. He said it. Hold on, my brother. Don't give up. Hold on, my sister. Just look up. There's a master plan in store for for you. If you just make it through, God's going to really blow your mind. He's going to make it worth your time for all of the trouble you've been through. The blessings double just for you. Double for your trouble. Double for your pain. Double for your shame. Double for your enduring. Double for your situation. Double. God's going to give you double. God's going to take care of you. God's got a plan. Your name's on it. I know the plans that I have for you. I know what you're going through. I know it seems hard. Jeremiah 29 talks about people in captivity. 
Some folk were saying it's going to be over tomorrow or over tonight. God said, no, it's going to be over when I say it's over. But he says, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I got you. I got you. You're on my calendar. I got you. You're on my agenda. I've got you. Like when Jesus was on the cross, he hung up on that cross, but he had you on his mind. And now even Jesus ever lives to make intercession for you. Glory be to God. You think God's just sitting back at a time like this? No, brothers, sisters, all things are working together for the good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. He's not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Help is on the way. The best is yet to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are rules and regulations. There are threats and slaughterings. But so it was in the days of the early church. But the name of Jesus. Trust the name of Jesus. Believe God for angelic visitation. Trust the name of Jesus. Believe God to do the miraculous. Trust the name of Jesus. And trust and believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. Who is our comforter at a time like this. Zimbabwe Celebration family. All of you. Believe God. This is a faith message. Believe God. Preaching a faith message at a time like this is a necessity. I will not let anything move me. I shall not be moved like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I shall not be moved. And my brothers and sisters, when it's all said and done, whenever that is, and we're back together again, what a time what a time. But hey, you don't have to wait till the battle is over. Shout right now and give God praise. I love y'all. Thank you for joining us online. We hope and trust that you've been blessed by this service. Stay connected with us through our social media platforms, Facebook and WhatsApp. As we go, stay safe, stay blessed, stay connected.